Thank you very much, uh, Media in January, for guiding that time. I, uh, I myself was deeply moved, and I, in some ways I, I, I struggle even know how to transition to the time in the Word. As we reflect on the various aspects of what has been on the news, I think like you, it feels quite overwhelming, uh, whether it's domestic or even international. Uh, open the newspapers, uh, just rife with conflict, with discord, with challenges. So as we enter our time together in the Word today, be mindful of who God is and who God continues to be in our world today. Um, back in 1983, I was uh, involved in an urban outreach in my church in Chicago. Uh, I and some friends of mine were college students. We were idealistic college students in those days. And so we thought, you know, it would be nice we have a free summer that we'll go and uh, do some outreach to the youth in, in the community. And so we uh, lived in the community. We uh, actually shared an uh, apartment together. We had, had our meals. Uh, we did various things to try to attract the community. Uh, we had a, a, a great facility at the church. We had gyms and other stuff. And so we also decided to try to um, do some programming that would maybe appeal to, uh, appeal to the youth. And so uh, we decided to put on a concert. And uh, in 1983, I learned the song. I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know that you love, that you show me. You know, uh, when Pastor Jason decided to do this sermon series on, on this, uh, it brought me back to 1983. And that dates me. And uh, it reminds me so much about what we've learned about who God is and how important it is to continue to have a large, expansive view of God. I'm grateful that all my colleagues throughout the past couple of Sundays have been revealing biblical images of who, how God has shown love to us. Pastor Ryan took us through Psalm 121 and revealed to us how God is protector, guard, watch over our comings and goings. Uh, Pastor Shirley looked at Psalm 23 and how God provides, taking us by green pastures and still waters, preparing a table before us. Pastor January reviewed the life of Christ and how God is not only our companion, but we are invited into friendship with God um, in a way that is um, intimate, deep, and transformative. And last Sunday, Pastor Jason took us through the creation narratives and reminded us that God is teacher, that we can bask in the wonder of, of the creation and how it speaks of, us, of God's love for us and how as we read and learn and be instructed, it guides us into being formed more into the likeness of Jesus through that love. Uh, many of us who uh, have a journey in life, we've heard this story called the, the five languages of love. The concept was developed in the 1990s by a Christian author, Gary Chapman, and he, and he wrote a book called The Five, Language, Five Love Languages. And they are physical um, receiving gifts, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and quality time. That these are five ways, not exclusively, that you and I receive and also give love. I think that what, what it was revealing about that is not that all of us have the same language, but that we learn through our association with others, whether it's a close friend, a parent, 
uh, sibling, that there are different ways that we can connect with them and how we can express the love to each other. So I wanted to take a little time. We're going to do one more small breakout and to ask you this question, what is your primary love language that you give and receive? So those here in the sanctuary, those who are at home in your YouTube uh, community, as well as with Pastor Jason in your Zoom, take a couple minutes and think about which of these five languages is your primary language, and both to give and to receive. So take a moment and do that. Make sure that everyone has a chance to share. We have a couple more seconds before we come back together. Well, don't feel frustrated that you don't have all five as your primary language. I think for all of us, there's one particular one that uh, resonates most with you. Like for myself, it's uh, acts of service. That's the most profound way that I feel that I share with others and uh, oftentimes receive that. Um, but know that these are all different meaningful expressions in languages of love. This morning, I wanted to propose a sixth one. And this is, again, not to see as exclusive. But I want to take us to Romans chapter 5. And uh, let's take a look at that, this sixth language. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. 
But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So even as we've seen in the past weeks how God has been provider and protector, um, companion, friend, and teacher, uh, today we're going to take a look at this, this notion that God's love is as sacrifice. Paul describes in this uh, wider context of uh, Romans chapter 5 that we have a hope, we have a confidence because of the work of Christ in our life, that we have peace with God. And this, this peace is established because there, uh, the presence of God is with us. The glory of God, the nearness of God is close to us. And that as we go through various challenges and trials in our life or in our society or our context, that this continues to refine our character. It takes us from suffering to perseverance, perseverance to, to endurance, to character, and then finally to hope. And that also part of this inspiration that gives us courage and confidence, hope, is because God's love has been poured out by the Holy Spirit. Yesterday marked... Uh, our daughter, our oldest daughter, Michaela's first year in Chicago. Uh, we were reminded when we were uh, FaceTime her yesterday that it was on February 19th last year that she left the nest. She um, felt that after a year of being at home, after graduation, that this would be an opportunity for her to uh, grow and develop as a person. And so uh, it's been wonderful to, to see what God has been doing in her life. Now, uh, she went to Chicago, which is my hometown, which uh, gave my wife and I some sense of comfort that there was family. Uh, one thing she discovered is more about my family. And she said, Dad, I know now who you are. <laughs> but through that story and her time there, uh, God refined her because uh, she went there without a job. She had graduated, and like so many uh, of her peers uh, that struggled during the pandemic to land work, uh, she went there cobbling a couple of different part-time online jobs, um, but still desiring to get into something full-time. Um, God blessed her a couple of months through her own perseverance to land her first, time jo- first full-time job, and in that, she's learning what it means to persevere, to hang in there, to grow, to mature, to, to continue to be resilient in her life, and to be mindful that in that space, God is with her. God's love is poured into her heart. Paul reveals here why we have this confidence as God being uh, a generous giver to us in his sacrifice. First, that there's this unique time that God's love came, up, came to us. I look at this as a, a moment where in, in the wisdom of God, God knew what was going on in, in, in history, knew what was going on in Israel, and for that moment, God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus because the people of God had been waiting and longing, struggling and, and searching, uh, desiring to see the revelation of God's power and goodness. And at that moment, and only that God would know, that Jesus came at the right time. We see that it was also a situation where, like Israel and us, we, we were helpless. We were hopeless. We are powerless. We had no strength. And so when we see Jesus come, we come and we see that he comes in a similar state. He emptied himself of all glory, of all privilege, of all power, 
except that, that which had been given to him by God. And he came to be among us, to be with us. The reminder is that as we wrap up the series, we're looking at ourselves into Lent and to April 15th. Because that's the, the pinnacle time where uh, we see the expression of God's sacrifice for us when Christ died for us. As we think about what that all means for us, as we think of Christ being our sacrifice and God expressing his love to us in that expression, it moves us to realize that this is one, if not the most important expressions of God's love because it's given us a renewal, a, a restart to our life. First John chapter 4 says this, this is love that not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as his atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, says God so loved us, so we also ought to love one another. Last week when Pastor Jason took us through the Genesis account, which reminded us of God's unique and special purposes in designing all of humanity, to bring upon beauty into creation, to breathe into humankind so that we would have life, that we'd be shaped more, we were shaped in the image of God, to seek community, to desire to, to, uh, to experience the fullness of that relationship we have with God, but also with each other. That we were entrusted with good work to do and to, to be instructed in how to do that well. And yet, in the same vein, we're given human freedom to decide how to live. And as Pastor Jason highlighted, we were uh, in experiencing the consequence of that fallenness, the discipline that oftentimes comes in God's love. In the instructions that God gave to uh, the humans there, reminded that from dust you are, and dust you will return. That all of our Desires and all of our wishes, all of our inspirations are in this transitory space. From the time that God gives us life to the time when we experience a new experience, a new reality. But it's interesting in this passage that even though there, there seems to be a very dark picture that's painted in Genesis chapter 3, there's this one verse that we all oftentimes look at, but was rem- I was reminded of this week. It says that God, the Lord God, made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now, in the midst of all the, the instructions and, and, the, and the guidelines in terms of how the world would be cursed and there would be conflict and there would be struggles, uh, yet we see this proactive action of God in reaching out, loving, and caring and preparing all of us for what lies ahead. What we see is that God did not just abandon them and to whatever their, their wishes and desires were, but that God had prepared something special, something necessary, uh, something that is important for what they'll be facing going forward. And it required sacrifice. Now, church history is not quite sure what exactly the garment of skins are, but it points to the fact that God took the initiative to care for all humanity 
and to prepare them for what is to come. As you think about your life experience, how has God clothed you during maybe a season and experience of vulnerability and distress? How have you experienced God's divine act of love? It was about 27 years ago when uh, I first came to Evergreen. And um, it was during this period of time, in fact, February of 1995, that uh, I experienced probably the uh, most vivid experience of vulnerability. I was uh, participating in a church basketball league. Uh, not, always the, not always the safest place to, to play, but uh, unfortunately, I, as many of you know, I, I have... Uh, eye issues, and so what happened is I uh, got injured while playing basketball and uh, experienced an extended reprieve of rehabilitation. Uh, my vision in my left eye was uh, distressed. I had a torn retina. I lost the vision ultimately. And so uh, I had always been seeing myself wired as someone who likes to do things, to achieve. And yet God placed me for al- almost 40 days in isolation. Um, and that was one of the most difficult times for me. And yet, what I experienced with God clothed me during that time. Uh, God clothed me through uh, my not-yet-wife, Caroline. We had just started dating, and her presence with me was important. I felt that through my mother, who decided that she had to take care of her oldest son for 40 days, she didn't know, my mom didn't know that I was seeing someone, so that I had to explain to you, Mom, there's actually someone else that's going to be helping me as well. <laughs> and the other reality was this church family. Uh, I think back to the countless people who prayed for me, who supported me during that time. And for me, as I think about uh, a divine act of sacrifice, God showed that to me through all you. As we think about in our own lives, who has journeyed with you? You know, God doesn't always do that act of sacrifice. He's already done it on the cross. But the testimony is going to be done, how it's done through the people of God, both within the household of God, but also as we go out into the world, into the community. So even as January Media prompted us about what's going on in the world, we realize that God's calling us to live those same kind of lives out in the world. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice of God. What Paul is saying here is that follow, my, follow God's example. Take a look at how God has done that in your life and imitate God. We've seen that through the life of Christ of how he gave himself so freely and generously and openly to all who not only had need but had a desire to know God. And so place yourselves in those same situations. Now, knowing that doesn't mean that love is going to be convenient. Oftentimes it's not. Oftentimes that kind of love can be... uh, seemingly inconsequential to the recipient. Yet God calls us to walk the way of love. 
offering ourselves in, in the days ahead to represent and to embody God's love for us in his sacrifice for us is one of the most powerful testimonies in our world today. Yesterday, I had a chance to um, grieve with uh, a dear family, um, my dad's best friend. Uh, Wayne Chan was an immigrant from Asia, and uh, he settled in Detroit and became my dad's best friend when he, my dad first came to the United States. And um, I like to call him Uncle Wayne. He, he allowed me to say that. Uncle Wayne was the tallest Chinese man I'd ever seen in my life. He was like 6'3", about 220, and he would love to give you a big, giant hug. And uh, during my sabbatical, I had a chance to visit him when he was in um, Northern California. He and his wife had moved there just three years ago from Detroit, Michigan. And when I saw Uncle Wayne, I said, you know, Uncle Wayne, I am so grateful for the life and testimony that you've lived. Um, my family uh, moved to Chicago soon after um, my dad got a job, and uh, Wayne stayed at the church. What happened was that he and my dad had started this Chinese church in, in Detroit, Michigan. And then for the next 59 years, uh, he served as one of the elders of that church. Um, and so as I was there watching the, the, the YouTube, I realized that this man had sacrificed and given his life to that church for almost six decades. His testimony was that he loved God, he loved to serve the church, and he was devoted to his family. I know that our own testimony, our own story of what that looks like in terms of living out a life of sacrifice is very important and vivid in each of our lives. And I want to encourage us to continue to press forward because as we do so, God begins to change the hearts of the people around us. Things are pretty bleak these days. I don't know how you feel about the news. I'm, 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 I'm struggling every day to, to grasp all the things that are happening both locally, in our country, and in the world. And yet, in this series that we've been embracing and, and, and grafting ourselves into God's love for us, I believe this is preparing us for what is to come for the rest of this year. Can you imagine what it would be like for... for our community, our families, our neighborhoods, our work colleagues, to experience God's love through us. That as we resonate with God's love for us, that, that, that love gets poured out into others. I'm trusting that as we begin our next series, as we enter into the season of Lent, that God would guide us into a deeper and intimate and more profound sense of God's love for us as we journey together, as we seek to live the way of love. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are the God of love. You're the author and perfecter, the source of all love. Lord, we pause now and receive again your amazing love to us as you gave us your son, Jesus. 
Lord, as this begins to prepare us for the upcoming season that we'll go through as a church, may we be again moved by the profound sense of your care, your love, your joy, your delight for us. And your desire that we no longer remain helpless and powerless. That because Christ, you died for us. We have a hope and a future and a confidence to come. Thank you for who you are, who you continue to reveal yourself to us. We love you. We pray this in the name of your son.